0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show that brings you the life changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. I'm your host, Dan Demite, and I'm joined here in the studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Aaron Richards. Hey, everybody. How are you doing, Aaron? So good Oh, today. man. So Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we call this show Beyond Damascus because when St. Paul encountered the living God on the road to Damascus, he became a missionary to the nations. And our hunger for all of you listeners is that you would become a missionary to the nations. Oh, our, our world is in dire need of missionary disciples. We, we don't want just followers of Jesus. We want followers of Jesus whose hearts are so on in love with him and so on fire for him that they form other followers of Jesus. And so we hope today our show helps foster in you a missionary spirit, that you would live a missionary lifestyle. Mm -hmm. For those of you joining us for the first time, Aaron and I were leaders of a spirit-filled missionary community called Damascus, where we awaken empower and equip a generation to live the adventure of their Catholic faith through life-changing encounters. And this show loves to feature those life-changing testimonies. We have uh, an amazing guest that's going to come on right after the break today, our good friend uh, Brother Brother Paul. So so brother Paul has been with our community for a long time he's just been uh, a dear friend and I would say there are few people yeah. um, who carry the peace and the presence of God as boldly and passionately as he does and so we're just really excited to share we brother is a um Benedictine monk and so we had to like kidnap him from the monastery today uh to get him here in studio so we're blessed <laughs> luckily you know we had a like uh, we we late at night Aaron and I broke into the monastery we oh hid gosh. through the halls we we had a you know just like kidnap him and so it worked out great so we're really excited for that so don't go anywhere this is an exclusive uh, uh interview with brother paul from a benedictine <laughs> abbey dun 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 okay aaron i'm gonna shut up can you lead us in
1: prayer i i will happily <laughs> Woo, thank happily you jesus save save the show <laughs> In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God, thank you for putting in each of us a fire, uh, a, a fire for evangelization. Thank you for giving us a desire, Lord, to see our loved ones know you. Thank you for not only placing that desire in us, God, but for giving us opportunity to actually see that accomplished in our lifetime. Jesus, we pray that today um, that you will continue to fan into flame that fire, that passion, that love, that you've given us for one another, and that you would call us, Lord, in, in a in a particular way to a missionary response. God, let us say yes to you, and whatever that means, to hold nothing back in giving our lives fully to you. Jesus, speak through, uh, through the testimony we'll hear today, and I pray that you shake us up, Lord, that you would even uh, shake us out of the expectations that we have and the limits that we've placed on ourselves, the boxes we put ourselves in, so that we can see... Your authentic call, as a, as a call to the joyful way that you want us to give our lives.
0: <laughs> yes, Lord, thank you so much, and I just pray that you would give us just a a readiness to do whatever you ask us mm-hmm. to do. That we would never become so complacent in what we've been doing that we wouldn't be ready to do what uh, you, new things you put at us, Lord. Yes. I just pray, Lord, that you would. Um, convict our listeners of whatever change uh, that you want them to experience in their lifestyle mm-hmm. thank you jesus lord we pray for the fullness of heaven to fall during the show on our listeners so if you want to move with power we just invite the holy spirit to move oh, and yeah. power on
1: our listeners come
0: lord jesus
1: we pray this in Jesus' name amen. amen amen change is a scary word dan ah! Are you sure that's what you want to pray for? I,
0: you know, I just, so when I think about Brother Paul, and you're going to experience this, um, listeners, as you hear his testimony, I think of the words radical readiness for the gospel. Uh Uh-huh. that um, that he was a, a man who um, had a radical readiness for the gospel. We were actually joking before we went on air. Um, there's that classic scripture verse, uh, say not I am too young. And as youth ministers, like, that was the cool hip scripture verse to put on all of our youth group t-shirts, like say not I am too young, you know, for the call of Jeremiah. Um, but the call of Brother Paul was that he was called to the monastic life later <laughs> in life. Where are you going with this, Dan? So, say not, so, yeah. I say not I am too old. Say not I am too
2: old. That's offensive.
0: Well, and actually, though, it's true. How often do we say to ourselves, Oh, God can't call me to something new because I'm too like I'm too old, or I've got all these other yep. responses. Yep. And I actually think it's a, a really profound challenge mm. that you're not too young to be called to do something amazing for the gospel, but nor are you too old, right? That that we need to have this radical readiness for the gospel. That wherever the Lord says go, whenever the Lord says go, that I would just go. Yeah. Well, I, Aaron, kind of one of our mantras that you and I like to say is that we don't want to just ask God to bless what we're doing, but we want to... Bless what God is doing. Exactly. And I think that when when you change that mindset, it actually really challenges you to live a lifestyle ready for change. That yeah. the if, if, if all I do is ask God to bless what I'm doing, then I'm going through my life and I'm asking God, okay, get behind what I'm doing, God, or join me in, in whatever I'm doing. But it, everything changes when you say, okay, God, I want to watch what yeah. you're doing. I want to watch what you're blessing and I want to get behind I wanna you. I want to do that
1: thing. I want to do what you're blessing. Like.
0: Yeah. And that's when, when your disposition changes to yep. say, okay, I'm going to be ready to do whatever. Yep. Um, because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm no longer living this life where I'm asking you to follow me. Uh-huh. I'm living a life where I'm actually going to follow you. And, and how many, and it takes all the burden off. It
1: does. <laughs> and, and it's almost,
0: and, and I think it, it's actually, I think a lot of Christians live that lifestyle where it is Jesus, like we say to Jesus, "Jesus, come follow me, like come, <laughs> come accompany me in my life, right?" And yeah. it's it's, hey, come follow me and you're and make my life better, and um, and we do that accidentally, where like we give our lives over to Jesus and we mm. and and we ask him just to follow us and to accompany us, yeah. But Jesus doesn't say that; he says, "No, you come follow me," and. What would it look like if instead of asking Jesus to follow us, we follow him? Um, And so, listeners, I just pray that today um, this testimony would do something in your life where maybe that mindset is shifted, where Uh you start watching what God's doing um, inside of you and outside of you, and you start saying, okay, God, wherever you're moving— that's right. Uh, I want to be there. Yep. And sometimes that means I've got to pick up and move. Sometimes that means I've got to change something. Um, not always, right? And maybe more often not. Um, but but a, a radical readiness um, that that the brother Paul has experienced in his own life. Um, I also think, Aaron, of these early saints that had this hunger for valor, and and they discovered greatness in the church as opposed to in the world, like a a saint. Francis of Assisi, um, who who had this hunger to be this great, like he joined the military because he wanted to do something noble mm. and uh, I thought he just extraordinary with, with birds. <laughs> oh, that's right. Francis was just a weird bird guy. He stayed in a dark room all the time and just talked to birds. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I feel so bad, like for Francis, because like he loved the gospel so. The reason we picture him with birds is he loved the gospel so much that he was like he would just preach the gospel to the birds because when there was no one around, he still wanted to preach Jesus, and yet we're like, oh, he's a lover. He preaches of birds. the gospel only to birds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come, follow me, all of you birds, and uh, so yes, yeah, no, i Yeah, if you're a bird person, I'm sorry. You could well, you could keep your birds. Uh, okay, <laughs> but but he had this hunger, and then Ignatius of Loyola, you know, yeah. like he was this military like um, giant, and he just wanted to do something noble and great with his life. And I love that the Lord like transformed this good desire in them for greatness yeah. and he said oh no no i planted that desire in you and i'm going to transform it to show you what it means to be a soldier in the Amen. kingdom of god yep and I believe the Lord listeners he wants to transform the good desires that are in you that are maybe not for, directed towards a kingdom. Today mm. he wants to start directing those great desires for the kingdom. I know there's some of you who are just living these insane noble lives uh of like just that are directed towards like you're living lives of strong discipline and um and you you're, you found the cardinal virtues of like courage yeah. and prudence and temperance and the things of this world. And I I would I would question Aaron. What would the Catholic <laughs> Church in America look like if our business leaders, if their lifestyle was transformed, so Amen. that they brought their business gifting? Into the Catholic Church, that just like Ignatius of Loyola and Francis, these great military leaders, yep. they they were shifted to bring their gifts into the church. Yep. What would it look like if some of our great leaders in the world today were shifted to bring their gifts yeah. into the
1: church? Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't I mean, waste it. I like to say that there's 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 one difference between uh, between starvation and fasting. And the difference is intentionality, right? Oh yeah, and and it makes all the difference. It it makes it makes all the difference. And and if we allow our our lives of pursuit of virtue to be without gospel intention, oh man. Oh, there there are days that
0: I. Uh, at, skip breakfast and then I work through lunch and so it comes to like dinner and I'm like really hungry I'm like dang it I threw this day away I could have been fasting and instead <laughs> I just worked so hard I forgot to like offer this fast and so then I'm like can I backtrack my no, nope no, nope, f- nope, 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 nope. nope, dang and so <laughs> so the uh, so that's a good word the difference between starvation and fasting is intention and the difference between a noble lifestyle in the world and a noble lifestyle directed towards towards a kingdom, is intention. And, and so the Lord may just want you to continue to do what you're doing, but he wants you to do it for Jesus. And he's going to sanctify your mm. everyday temporal experience to transform it. So say not, I am too young and say not, I am too old and say not, I am anything like you were just say, say that I am ready. You know, like that, that's what the word is Amen. today. Say that I am ready. Lord, whatever you have for me, I am ready. So, Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to go to break, and we just pray that over this break, you would give our listeners just a readiness, a readiness for this testimony, to shake them, to allow them to know that whatever it is that you ask of them, they will do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll be right back after a brief break.
1: Have you ever heard of the Pontifical University of St. Thomas Aquinas, the Angelicum in Rome? It's the Roman alma mater of none other than John Paul II and the soon-to-be beatified Venerable Fulton J. Sheen. Our university is not only a place of study. The Angelicum is the only pontifical university in Rome which offers all-day Eucharistic adoration for our 1,000 students, 200 professors, and 63 friars, a practice that has continued uninterrupted since 2002. This is Father Benedict Kroll, the Director of Mission Advancement for the Angelicum in Rome. Learn more at angelicum.it. Hello, Journey Home family. Next time, we'll welcome Noelle Culbertson to the program. Noelle is a former Southern Baptist and will share what led her to embrace the Catholic faith. Share the journey next time on EWTN's The Journey Home. The Journey Home with Marcus Grody is seen and heard around the world on EWTN. Join us Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on EWTN radio and television.
0: Hello and welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show that brings you the life changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into the lives of extraordinary mission. Mm-hmm. So we're going to hear from Brother Paul, and I think sometimes Aaron we we say to ourselves, "Oh wow, yeah, like because Brother's a Benedictine monk, he has given everything over to the Lord and chosen to follow him." But um, <laughs> <The> and- <laughs> <The> Benedictine <laughs> monks are terrible. <laughs> Where are you going with this? No, no. But and then we we say to ourselves, "Oh, but because I'm not called to be a Benedictine uh, monk, okay, that okay, I'm not okay. called." to Give him everything, <laughs> and uh, and that the re- like the the true call of a Christian is to give everything, no Amen. matter who you are, whether you have been called to be a Benedictine monk or whether you've been called to be a lay person in the church. We all have the exact same call, and it's. All in. That yeah. your call is a hundred percent of yourself for Jesus and for His kingdom. We just do it in different ways. So I am super excited to welcome to our show here in studio, brother Paul. Woo! Yeah, brother Paul. Brother, we are so honored by your presence. How long have we known you? Uh, it's been about seven years. Seven years. Yeah. He just so, showed up
1: one day at camp. I did
0: <laughs> so. So this guy's is amazing. So as a, as a Benedictine monk, you get two weeks a year out of your abbey, correct? Like, kind of like a vacation. Yeah. And right. I love Brother Paul. He's so mission oriented that uh, uh, one of those weeks that he gets a, a vacation, uh, if you will, each year, he comes to Catholic Youth Summer Camp to be with our campers and on mission at camp. And so this, like, uh, so I just think that just shows like your heart that you have a hunger that like even in your free time you say oh no i'm giving my free time to be with the the children of god and to bring the kingdom of god so thank you so much for that mm, that's been such a witness yeah. to me
2: yeah it's so awesome to go down there and see see all the campers how just their faith and how much on fire they are and it's just it's a beautiful
0: thing amen so you yeah. have been a you've been coming to camp for seven years how long have you been a Benedictine monk.
2: Um, eight and a half years now. Eight and
0: a half years. Okay. Amazing. So almost a decade. We're getting there. We're getting there. And then, okay, so brother, why don't you just start, um, with your, uh, to share with our audience, just your testimony. So how did you come, um, to faith in Christ Jesus and what was life before, like before that moment of transformation?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. It's, uh, I I mean, I was born into the Catholic church, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, uh, raised Catholic, um, Joined the Air Force right out of high school, and uh, just some point in high in high school, I just kind of started uh, um, losing that desire of being at the church and everything and Then once I hit in the Air Force, that was pretty much the end of uh, my Catholic practice and that was about for fifteen years and
0: what was it? Was it the environment or
2: yeah it was um I hate to say it, but it was—you know—it just seemed like in church, the the uh, pastor, he was just all about money, and I think in that time it was was less spirituality and more of hey, you need to provide for the church. You know, Uh, we need your money for this, your money for that, and Mm. it it just kind of lost that lost that drive. You know that you wanted to be there. I mean, when I was getting ready to be confirmed, I was on fire. I hmm. mean, you know, the Holy Spirit was working in me. Yeah, in <laughs> but there was no, there was no Catholic youth summer camp to keep that drive going at Damascus. Mission, you know, we didn't have that, and so I just kind of lost that drive at that point. Mm. Um, so yeah, for 15 years, I was just out living in the world, not living the best life. Um,
0: what drew you to the Air Force?
2: Um, Just the fact that uh, I I didn't want to burden my parents with college, you know, with the cost of it and everything. Um, And I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I had no clue. (laughs) So it was like, well, join the Air Force. You get get your job training. You get to travel. You get your education. And so – Heck, it's a good deal, let's do it,
0: yeah so you were in the Air Force for fifteen years ten years ten years, ten years. awesome yeah. what what was the Lord doing it in your life, even maybe unrecognized during that time?
2: I think you know during that time he was just setting me up with experiences um just through different people, through my jobs mm-hmm. um, just kind of building that up to be able to utilize it now, and you know I had no clue. That's what was going on.
0: Was know? it a Christian lifestyle, though not professed, or was it just a secular lifestyle?
2: Uh, during that time? Yeah. Yeah, it was all secular. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would say, um, yeah, maybe towards the end of the 15 years, I started, you know, going to different Protestant churches and stuff like that. So there was that desire beginning, you know. I knew there was something missing. Mm-hmm. You know, so there there was mm-hmm. a little bit of that seed in there. hmm
0: So what led you to the point of after the military, what led you back to Jesus Christ and the church?
2: Actually, it was my cousins. Um, We was at a family reunion that we have every year, and um, I hadn't been in 10 years. And so we got reacquainted, stayed up to like 2 in the morning, whatever, just joking around and stuff, and went to Mass the next morning, and they didn't know that I wasn't practicing or anything. And just seeing their love for the church was all through their Their actions, you know, Um, (laughs) love for the church, love for Jesus, love for the Eucharist. And so we kept in touch. And I was like, you know, maybe I should give this another chance. Yeah. And just started going back to church then.
0: Wow, that's amazing! So I just love yeah. that because the lifestyle of Christians, I think sometimes we're afraid that yeah. if I put my faith on display, I'm going to offend people. But if you yeah. put your faith on
1: display, you may actually change someone's life too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So so Benedict monks aren't like raising in a test tube. Um, <laughs> that's good, brother. No? Brother Paul. Brother Paul was living a, a secular lifestyle and at a family reunion his cousins invited him to mass <laughs> and and that was that was the that was the i guess the spark that rekindled the flame
2: yeah absolutely i mean from there that's on that's a powerful
1: witness man yeah,
2: yeah uh from there on god just started really working in me and uh just it got to the point i was going to mass every day i was going to these bible studies and great conversations with my cousins and others you know friends and uh yeah, so my 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 faith deepened big time. God was truly working in me.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So how long were you walking with the Lord before he called you to the monastery?
2: Yeah, so that was uh probably about 5 years later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh and you're talking about change. Mhm. So, I was laid off at work and for about 9 months, but like three months after that, I was interviewing, I interviewed up in Michigan.
0: So is that around the recession, like 2008 recession? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: So I worked for a company that had 600 employees and they let off a hundred. Oh wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So I was interviewing up in Michigan and, uh, got to stay with family there and then came back down to Columbus and I was on my way to South Carolina with my parents. And It was 6 o'clock in the morning on the highway, and beautiful sunrise behind me. Um, Even took a picture in the driver's side mirror. Um, Please don't do this at home. I'm a professional. Uh, That's why uh, they took your car keys away from you when you joined the monastery. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I was just thanking God and praising him, and I said, God, I just want to praise and worship you every day, all day, the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah, if yeah. I had a nickel for every time I said that, <laughs> <laughs> and I heard the words "become a monk," <laughs> I was like, yes. "What? <laughs> what do you mean, <laughs> a monk? What's that?" <laughs> now, had you been around other monks? Not well. Yes, I had. There was one monk um, at the parish that I was attending in South Carolina. Um, hmm. I, I didn't really know he was Benedictine. You know, I just saw a guy in the habit. You know. <laughs> and uh, so uh yeah once i got the call then you know it was it was a few months before i gave into it and huh. let it go wow
0: <laughs> so, did you hear the voice of the lord pretty clearly
2: oh yeah yeah oh yeah clear as day just as if you and i were talking right now yeah
0: that's awesome and that so what in that process those few months what what, what was the process like with the lord <laughs>
2: it was just like i i kept hearing it and i was like no that can't be for me you know Um I'm too old. I've the life that I've lived, and there's no way, you know, um, why would God choose me to come into that? Yeah. Um, but after a few months, and I actually talked to that Benedictine priest that was there, and uh, we talked about it, and he talked about the life, and you know, I, I, I looked at the Franciscans and Dominicans, you know, but I didn't go and visit them because God made it clear. Yeah. Become a monk. <laughs> yeah, that's really that's interesting. Benedict, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean that's that's not Dominicans, that's not Jesuits, it's not Franciscans. Yeah.
0: Well what, what's amazing too is because you usually think like if the Lord's gonna do a, a, something like that, you like you would think it'd be like become a priest, but no, just become a monk like oh. that's like I'm I'm taking you into the abbey. <laughs> like you're gonna yeah. be cloistered. And so the um and you you didn't grow up with monks or anything like that. No. Yeah. No, I didn't well,
2: no. No religious at all.
0: Was there any prompting in your heart prior to hearing that call for religious life or priesthood, or was it just kind of like a startling? Like It was t- just startling. Wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <Never>. how- <laughs>
1: so how do you answer a call like that? <laughs> I
0: know. Yeah.
1: Like,
0: I'm driving. So and I just want that 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 prayer. I just want to praise and worship you all the days of my life. Okay, become a monk.
2: That <laughs> right? was that, uh, you know, I, I just started that drive. I had 14 hours to go. I mean, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what else is there to think about? <laughs> yeah. Well, how
0: difficult was uh-huh. it to reconcile the... Um, the call with your past, like you had said, like, um, he, he wouldn't have chosen me because I was too old Mm -hmm. or because of my, like, I'm assuming you meant like your past sins and stuff like that. Like how, how hard was it to overcome that? Or had you
2: already found total freedom in that? No, that was, um, I still hadn't quite found that total freedom. So it was still kind of a challenge to, uh, transition into that life. Um, because even though I was I w- I was deeper in my faith and, and everything, I was still attached to the things of the world, still yep. living in the world. And so entering into monastic life to give that up, that um, wasn't easy. I would say it was probably easier for me in the fact that, again, my Air Force discipline helped mm-hmm. in that way.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always. I, I mean, the the character and the human formation that takes place uh, in the Air Force. It, if you can bring the gospel and conversion to people who are, have a military background like we're in for some amazing saints oh, and yeah. disciples right yeah i'm often a lot of times in youth ministry sports get a really bad rap like they're like oh mm-hmm. we gotta stop sports because it takes away from like the faith away from youth uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like youth ministers are always like oh, it's evil and um but like sports actually like if we can res- like restore um the, the natural virtues again, like mm-hmm. k- young people actually today need sports to learn natural virtue because if they're not playing or, or they need things like that because they're not learning natural virtue in in their daily life without it, right? Like right. they don't have jobs often. They don't have like um, structure that teaches them natural. And those cardinal virtues like lay the foundation for the supernatural virtues to make our life with Christ. um well and healthy. That's awesome. That's great. So how old Mm. were you when the Lord said become a monk? I was uh, 41. Okay. And did you join that year or did you delay a few years?
2: No, it was a a couple years. Um, I discerned for a couple years um, just to make sure, you know, that's what God was truly calling me to, um, which I had an excellent job. And so to leave that told me, you know, hey, this is your calling, you know, because I had no problems leaving there.
0: That's amazing! Praise the Lord. Yeah. So, can you share for with our listeners kind of what was the first, I'll say, three months in the monastery like for you? What 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 was the Lord doing? What were the the graces and the challenges and the difficulties?
2: Yeah, I think the probably the biggest challenge was just living amongst the men. You know, all the different personalities and everything. Um, whereas, you know, in the secular world. You can leave that place, you know, if you don't, Mm -hmm. you know, your jobs or whatever, you know, but as monks, you're there. So dealing with all those personalities and everything, um, that was probably the hardest challenge for me, giving up control, you know, because I'd already been in control of my life, you know, Um, Hmm. not having, you know, family, you know, uh, a wife, kids, anything like that, you know, I was always in control. So that was probably the hardest thing is uh, that the obedience part.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think, and that's a part of why religious life actually sanctifies the human person is because you live in community mm-hmm. and like family, uh, for most lay people is the means by which the Lord perfects our, our virtue, uh, yeah. by living in community of family, but religious also live in community. And I think it probably yeah. perfects you like even more sometimes. Cause like it's, there's a, a group of men living together. I'm sure is not an easy experience. Right. <laughs> and so it could be challenging. Yeah. <laughs> so what was
2: the silence hard initially? Um actually it wasn't for me. Um I think that's one of the graces that God gave me was that silence. Um because I was so drawn to the Eucharist and just spending that time in silence with him hmm. and it got me through a lot of the challenges that I was facing at that time. Um because I could just go into the chapel and be silent with him and and just give it all to him so the silence part i loved that was great <laughs>
0: you know it's funny so I, I as you said brother we've known each other for about 7 years and i only see you for like one week each summer. Right. And so every week listeners I'll ask brother like each year, I'm, I'll ask you like, you know, we're just catching up. I'm like, so what's your heart hungry for? And year after year after year, you always say, I'm just hungry for more silence. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're a Benedictine monk. What are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, so uh, could you like share with our listeners maybe how, I think a lot of times Christians have a hard time um, with silence and, and, have a hard time diving into the silence. How has the Lord fostered that in you? And, and maybe what advice would you give for our listeners on
2: how to foster a, a love for the silence in their life? Yeah, sure. I think uh, silence, the trouble with silence in a lot of people is the fact that they then have to um, look inside themselves as well, mm. and they don't want to face that. Um, or they're just so busy that they their thoughts are just continually going through their minds and everything. So it— it's not something that is just going to happen overnight. Um it does take time, but that's the thing is to take the time. Um before I even entered the monastic life, you know, I'm working full-time job, overtime and everything like that, but I would still take time, you know, whether it's 15 30 minutes an hour or whatever and just kind of put myself in the presence of the Lord. Um Just even praying a mantra, um, the Jesus prayer, Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of clear your thoughts and your minds and that'll take you towards Christ and to where you'll be able to listen and hear him, Mm. you know, um, it's just that, that time that you got to take. And that's, that's the thing is making the time for it. It's not an optional thing. Right. Um, I I do know some some secular people that, you know, they have a particular room that the family will use as a place of silence, and they just take turns going in there and everything, you know. And that's kind of like how we are in the monastic life. Um, You just take certain times of the day and go into your cell and just be in silence or into the chapel, whichever, you know. So it's like you just take that time out from work and come back in just for a few minutes.
0: Amen. Yeah, and I think that, uh, probably a, a big misconception with um, the monastic life is that it's all prayer, right? Or oh, right. and, and everything is prayer, of course. You make right. your work. But I think one of the beautiful things is the, the monastic uh, motto of ora et labora, right, pray exactly. and work. And it is it is about that where, like, you actually work really hard, and mm-hmm. your day is, is full of, of labor because labor is good, and labor mm-hmm. sanctifies, um, but— you make the time available throughout the day. There's this, like, pattern, this lifestyle of prayer. Could you share maybe what that lifestyle of prayer looks like, like how, how the availability that you give to the Lord for prayer?
2: Sure, yeah. I mean, as a community, we get together four or five times a day, um, depending on the Abbey, you know. Um, so you pray together in community first thing in the morning, um, and then you have your own private prayers, your yeah. Lectio Divina, um, and just spend you know, 30 minutes to an hour with the Lord at that point, and then it's time for work. But the the beauty of it is that prayer continues into your work. You take it with you, and, and it continues. Um, and then midday, you come back in for prayer, and then you just have some personal time again, so you can enter into the silence, and then you go back into work again. Um, and again, your prayer is continuing through that work. And then you get together for evening prayer and supper. Of course, supper's in silence because you have somebody reading. It's mm-hmm. um, awesome. Yeah. Maybe I should try
0: that at my house with my four children. children. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. We're gonna read the
0: lives of the saints during dinner tonight. I'm yeah. just lucky if they sit in the chair. <laughs> so,
1: brother Paul what drew you to Catholic Summer Camp? I mean, I, I can I, I actually...
0: <laughs> a man who hungers a, for the silence. silence. Yeah, no, the, right? I wouldn't say it's silence a kind is necessarily of, uh, our
2: spirituality.
0: It's a different kind of being unable to hear yourself think. With 500 campers a week.
2: I know, I remember when I told you guys I was going to Michigan because I wanted something more contemplative, more silent. You guys are like, what? You're here. I'm at the camp. What are you talking about? No, um, actually... Um, one of the alum of the high school mm-hmm. at our um, abbey um, told me all about the camp because we were talking about vocations and everything, and he's like, "You got to go down to Catholic Youth Summer Camp." He's like, "You got to see this place." And uh, so um, we had uh, somebody come up and talk to us about the camp um, to the abbot, and the abbot was like, "Okay, go ahead and go down." So I took one of the novices with me. I just professed uh, temporary vows. So we went down there, and it was like, uh, yeah, the first person we came to was Seth Keller. Oh, yeah,
0: now Deacon Seth Keller. Right. He'll be
2: ordained to the priesthood this year. I know. That's yeah. so awesome. And uh, that's one thing I love is just seeing the growth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. awesome. But I thought he was one of the campers. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, we just went down there just for a um, the, the couple of days, and I was <laughs> like, holy cow. I was like, the Holy Spirit is working here. There's something just amazing going on. And so we just came the beginning of the week. So then I went down to another camp for the end of the week because I wanted to kind of get a taste of the full week. And ever since then, wow. i been coming down. I mean, it's That's just awesome. awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I love that. And I think there's something beautiful about <laughs> there's uh, there's the monastic call to holiness and then there's the active call to holiness, you know? And right. like the, the the both and of the church is so That's beautiful. Good. That's good. How How have you mastered that Taking prayer into your work, and maybe how to to teach our listeners how, um, because I think a lot of our listeners probably start their mornings with prayer, sure. um, and but how do they take that into their the the workday when it's so busy and, and mm-hmm.
2: loud and hectic? Yeah, and that's uh, that's a very good question. Um, so it, it depends on the type of work. Like if you're at you know, like I, I I work out in the field, so it's real easy because I'm still kind of in silence, you know, it's not brain work, <laughs> You're by yourself, you know? so, yeah. yeah. So, but with the people around you and everything, it's like offering up your work, that's prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, just offering it up, and then you're going through and doing what you're supposed to do, and you're talking with other people. But when you have Jesus in your heart at all times, you're praying. So when you're conversing with somebody and actually seeing Christ in them, Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to me, that's prayer because um, you you can even be talking with somebody and they, they don't get what you're saying or whatever. You're, you guys are butting heads. You say a little prayer, you know, so yeah. you're you're always praying no matter mm-hmm. what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's almost like um, what Aaron was saying at the beginning of the show is that um, <clears throat> the difference between starving and fasting is intentionality right. and the, the difference between work that is a prayer and work that isn't a prayer is often just intentionality. Right. So like go to just work and offer it your up. Heart. Yeah. 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 That's had, awesome.
1: Well, I want to, I want to I speak against the perspective that anyone might hold that monastic life is boring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know, um, cause I, I don't know. I think that, you know, for my kids, when I, when we talk about, um, silence and prayer, that, that, that's actually the feedback that they have. It's not that, it's not that I'm too busy, it's just that it's boring. Um that I want to do something fun. And uh I wonder um brother cuz you're not living a boring life. No. <laughs> um could, could you just could you share for our for with our listeners maybe some of the some of the miracles you've seen, some of the conversion you've seen, some of the like the 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 stories that that need to be told about what a what a monastic life has brought to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um
2: you encounter you, We're not cloistered, so, I mean, we're encountering people all the time, and just to be speaking with them and to praying with them, um, I've seen people who have been healed physically, Um, I've seen people who had lost their faith, Mm -hmm. like I did, you know, and just in speaking with them about why and everything like that, um, and, and not even just speaking with me, but just taken that one step back into the church, yeah, um, they continue to come back then, you know, so they have that conversion, that moment of conversion um, or reversion. Um, so um, I've seen a lot of a lot of that, uh, mainly just being able to put yourself out there for them. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that's all they want is somebody to listen. You don't even have to do anything. God will do it. Just listen to them, amen. And that's the you know, and you just see the miracles that God works in them. Then and...
0: I remember I, I visited a um, <clears throat> Russian Orthodox monastery in mm-hmm. the mountains of West Virginia a few years back. We we do a program at camp called Sacred <laughs> Art where we teach the kids a different form of art in the church's tradition. And I wanted to learn how to how the Russian Orthodox make incense so that we could teach campers how to make incense. And um, and so. I spent a few days at this monastery, and it was just—I was like blown away by, I guess their um, their fraternity and the, their fellowship of like the fun they were having, if you will. And a like, and it, they they just lived this life that it was totally silent, but they they would smile and chuckle at each other, like it was like this. Uh, and, and they they also—I was blown away by the business, like they they were actually running like like they sold all kinds of like candles and soaps and fragrances and incense and like I was like oh my god this is actually like a like a real like business structure and there's this brotherhood around utilizing their different gifts and talents to um to bring about something you know and yet they were still living the monastic life and what was the best
1: part about that trip dan do you remember
0: the best part about that trip i don't know tell me Uh, do you remember (laughs) 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 where are you going with this have
1: you ever spilled something in your car oh (laughs) my so
2: so i had the like uh, so i'm
0: driving back and like i bought like because we're trying to make it like we want to make incense with like tons and tons of campers and so i get this i get this huge sack like this gigantic like burlap sack full of uh, frankincense uh tears to make, and then I get this like uh, these jars of uh rose oil. rose geranium fragrance oil that we were going to put into the incense. And, of course, as I'm driving through the mountains, one of these, like, containers breaks. And so I just had this rose oil spill all over. So I had this, like, masculine, like a nice Ford F-150 that smelled like rose geranium forever. you like, there is no way. So people would get my car back, like, what is that smell? I'm like, oh, that's my rose oil. Yeah. Yeah. My truck's rusty and muddy and rosy. Smells of roses. <laughs> it happens. Awesome. It happens. (laughs) yeah oh man that was good that's great so the but just the witness of that lifestyle like converted my heart right and i think that witness anyone that i heard of this businessman um it was a podcast i was listening to he's a businessman he was secular he was uh, a secular atheist so he didn't really have a relationship with god but he he was so crowded by noise that he spent three he decided i'm going to spend 90 days in a monastery and Mm Um so he he goes to this monastery and monastery and he spends 90 days in the silence and he just wrote about the power uh he he wrote a book about the power of silence and it, it from a from a worldly perspective it was very interesting about just how his own lifestyle was transformed yep. from uh entering into the silence of a monastery and um i wonder how how great our lives would be transformed if we Entered into more intentional life, like silence. Mm -hmm. I mean, he talked about how he had so much more clarity and creativity. He he had ideas on how to execute his business better, how to grow culture more within his employees, how to serve people more. It was just this, like, explosion of intentionality, and I think that's a lot of times where... um, where silence it gives you a just a greater sense of intentionality for your day mm-hmm. where you 're able to own your day as opposed to allowing your day to own you and uh, and I think monastic life is really that 's you 've taken ownership over your life, which is really cool yeah. as opposed to allowing life to take ownership over you yeah. and so many people they just uh, life happens as opposed to as opposed to living life right yeah
1: okay so for us for us normal people. Yeah, totally normal. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> how, how how can we uh how can we how can we benefit? How can we how can we grow from from your testimony? Uh I mean how can we implement um meaningful times of silence and prayer and and aura at Labora into our day?
2: Yeah, so um I think just for one thing, just always be open. Yeah. You know, we close ourselves off so much because we have this idea in our heads that this is the way our life is going to be. This is the way it has to be. And so we set all these goals and everything, and then Mm -hmm. we get disappointed when those goals don't hit. Um, It's just a matter of um, just kind of backing away from that um, and just open yourself up to the Lord and giving yourself that time in the silence. There's so much noise in the world um, that we just have to learn to tune that out and tune God in, um, and and you'll still be able to live a life of joy. Yeah. You know, um, you're not going to miss out on anything. Trust me. Um, you know, even as I was, uh, getting ready for the monastic life, I was already entering into that kind of a life while still being in the secular world. You know, I mean, the rule of St. Benedict is beautiful with the first seven chapters can apply to anybody, not just the monks, Mm -hmm. you know, um, So it's like just taking that time to be open, taking time for yourself so that you can take time with Christ. Yep. You know, um, if you don't take that time, you're always going to have that noise. You're always going to be disheveled and just kind of like wondering, what am I doing? What Mm -hmm. is going on here? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what you got to listen for. Yeah.
0: That, that day that, you were worshiping the lord in your car um was it were you in the silence i was yeah you- yeah, and I think there's an interesting thing that it's in the silence where we make ourselves available for the Lord to say, become a monk.
2: Right, yeah, <laughs> Right. Yeah. I never listen to the radio. Uh, sorry. I just, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, unless it's AM820, I mean, EWTN, right? <laughs> <in. laughs> uh, as a monk, Cut we're not in. allowed to. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just use that, uh, you know, a lot of times I use that time in prayer. You um,
0: know. Yeah, no, and I think that's really neat, that silence um, – even if it's not like a profound time of contemplation or a profound time of intimacy with the lord it's it's a it's a, it's a profound time of availability right where mm. you've made yourself available for the lord to speak into your life um where if you're crowded out by noise, you're not available. And um, that that's so important because especially if you're discerning the next steps, if there's something in you, like we talked about St. Francis of Assisi, St. Ignatius of Loyola, there was something in them that was craving the more of life. And uh, I believe there's some of our listeners who there's probably something in you that you're craving the more of life. What, Lord, what what's the more? What do you want? Like, yeah. I haven't yet found what, what I'm looking for. Um, and if you're hungry for that, just make yourself available and in the silence. That so allow the Lord, just give Him permission to speak and be available to listen to Him. And then uh, I promise you, He'll speak. He's not like, Absolutely. He's not going to say, um, He's not going to leave you an orphan. He wants to speak His desires over your life.
2: Amen. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're just going to dive deeper into this. Uh, Beautiful and profound lifestyle of encounter that the Lord wants us to live. Brother Paul, we're just so thankful for your witness and yes. your your yes to the Lord. It's been Thank such a, a gift to the church. I know there's um, there are thousands and thousands of blessings that come from our monastic community that we never know of, yeah. know, right? Like the, your prayers are efficacious, and uh, <laughs> and because of that, in heaven, we'll see the full reality of your life and the prayers that you've offered up. Um and so I look forward to that day.
1: I was I was thinking as we were as we were talking even earlier that we've enjoyed so many blessings uh, with Damascus and with our summer camp, and I, I I can't wait to see how many of those are being powered by by the you know the. the the prayers that you and your brothers are offering for us every day.
0: Amen. All right, so we'll take a quick break. You're listening to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. This is Beyond Damascus. We will be right back.
1: The EWTN home video highlight for September is St. Bridget of Sweden, the movie. She was a wife, mother, and a mystic whose beautiful revelations touched the lives of many throughout the centuries. Order your DVD at EWTNRC.com 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, or call 1 800 854 6316. From Scholar and Retreat Master, Father Brian Mullady, the Decalogue Decoded, what you never learned about the Ten Commandments. The effect today of a loss of understanding of the commandments
2: is what has led our society to have a loss of the unity of the family, and the
1: family is the basic building block of all society. The Decalogue Decoded. Start your journey to understanding today at EWTNRC.com or call 1-800-854-6316. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show that features the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. And we've been celebrating the the story of, of Brother Paul. Thanks for joining us again. Um, man, uh, Brother Paul, I love the witness and the testimony that you share by your life at Damascus. During the break, yeah. we were we were just talking about how at summer camp, there is never a week that goes by where... Where brother Paul's habit is not stained <laughs> with the wounds of the paintball field <laughs> and uh our 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 kids just our kids love to live life with you because your your life is just a, a, a witness to a testimony to joy. Yeah. Um you know, I, I I go back to that you, silence. Um silence, fasting, you know, those those practices that I think a lot of times we make excuses for ourselves, especially as I know I do as as a parent, as um, as business men and women, as people who who are engaged in in the modern world. That these things like that there's there's not space for these things. That these are too hard. That and and you know what I would suggest to us that these things were probably never easy, right? That um, it always takes someone taking a moment of intentionality to make that difference, and. Uh, so many of us, I, I believe, operate in this this this, this poverty um, mindset of um, you know that that we we should be all all things considered the happiest most joyful society in the world that that there's never been a time in history where more of our needs weren't met on a regular basis right and yet we see just uh, just this this tragedy of of unhappiness and of depression and of anxiety in our world. I wonder if the cure might not be more silence, might not be more contemplation, might, you know, um, I'll, 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 I'll guarantee you one way to enjoy your, to enjoy, uh, food. And that would be too fast from it for a day. <laughs> right. And I wonder if the same might not be said of, of, um, you know, a, a way to enjoy, the the busyness of life a way to be able to enter in and to find god there might not mean to to fast from that like how, how would i enjoy music for if not for sacrificing from it mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. um you know so many things could be said and 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 there are there are practical ways that we can live this out so i was wondering if maybe for the for the end of the segment as, as we wrap up um brother thanks again for joining us yeah. you know i i want to see um, I want to see action steps come from this. That as a parent, as a leader in our community, as as, an, as a uh, you know as a member of our of of the society and of, of a human society, of a human culture, how can we implement um, the the fruit and the grace from a monastic lifestyle in a way that's meaningful? Yeah, you know, I've I've listened
0: to. <clears throat> Over the last couple of years, we've been yeah. blessed to meet a lot of amazing Catholic CEOs, or uh, and they they're just running these incredible companies. And when you dive into relationship with them, um, they always have the same thing in common. They start their day in silence and no matter, it's like, they're probably some of the busiest people I know, but yet they have a, a a calm and a peace about them because they're starting their day in silence and they're allowing intentionality to flow.
1: Every one of them has a routine in their, Mm -hmm. a prayer, a prayer focused routine in their morning and And disciplined and and disciplined to it. And it, and the other cool thing is it's always different.
0: Yeah, it's not like you have to do this. It's just you have to do something and you have to commit to it. And people are crazy, man. <laughs> <level. laughs> what time do you wake up in the morning, brother? Uh, personally, I wake up at four. Yeah. So, uh, okay. so the best time. He's, to- he's, one, he's <laughs> one of the crazy. Yeah, ones. he's one of the crazy ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the best time to find silence is. Yeah. I, I love this, the 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 psalm from the rising to the say in the sun. You know, yeah. like just that so we would be ready at the rising of the sun, that we would welcome the rising of the sun, and um that that just there's something about the morning silence, the still, the calm before the day, um, yeah, though, that that would be a, a part of our lifestyle. You yeah. Know? And that, that the, 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 monastic life also teaches us, uh, through the liturgy of the hours, right? Mm-hmm. That there's how many hours do you guys pray as a community? Um, there's seven hours. we, most of them
2: do about five.
0: Okay, so you've got so five to seven hours where you pause uh, for for prayer and contemplation, right. and I think there's there's something to that as well. Yeah. Like, well, what if what if we created a. a pattern in our life where we started the day with silence but then we also we would pause throughout our day and we'd have a routine and that doesn't mean you have to pray the liturgy of the hours but maybe there's something uh, I actually there's the the church does have Christian prayer shorter Christian prayer and so these are things available to the faithful to to get into these patterns or these habits
1: so I want to suggest three ways that I think that we in our regular lifestyle can engage in silence and, and and find meaning and growth from it number one um if it is possible for you, I would encourage you to start looking at your morning and asking, how can I how can I more intentionally focus this time for the Lord? You know, um, we tell our middle school and high school students this all the time, and I'll tell it to you now. Um, is, is it possible for me to set my alarm clock 15 minutes earlier? Maybe not. Um, for me, the answer is no. Why? Because I have a baby who lives in my room, and if I move, she'll wake up. So um, my, my morning <laughs> routine is a little punctuated at the moment, but... For many of us, yeah that that that's a reasonable that's a reasonable choice I could make to, to make an intentional change to my morning routine to identify that this is a priority for me. I would encourage you to do it. Number number two, um, so many churches uh, in I know in our area and and likely in yours as well have the opportunity for Eucharistic adoration or or at least a chapel that's available for prayer. I know in my time in college, uh, I had a chapel in my house. But it was those times that I took to actually leave, to go to the church, to have a time, an hour in adoration that was meaningful to me. Oftentimes we have to separate us from what's typical in order to actually find something meaningful. And finally, number three, and this is one that I think all of us uh, can probably engage in, allow your driving time to be a, a, an oriented toward focus instead of a punishment, Right. I loved my drive down to the studio today because it was the first time in weeks that I had an opportunity to to be in silence for an hour. And I got to actually determine how do I want to spend this time as opposed to being reactionary to what was happening around me. So take advantage of that time, even if it's five, ten minutes, just to say, God, uh, this could be a commute like every other one, but today I'm going to give it to you. Amen to that. So I think
0: the key things that I'm hearing from today's show is just uh, profound intentionality and a radical readiness that yeah. when yeah. I live an intentional life, then God's going to call me to do something amazing. And I need to have a radical readiness to respond to that call. Amen.
2: Um, brother, would you mind closing us in prayer? Sure. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. God, our Father in heaven, we just give you thanks for all the blessings that you give us. And we just ask that you send your Holy spirit upon us to help guide us into the silence that we may be open to your word to hear that whisper and that we could continue to follow your way that you, you drive us each and every day and that we're able to be that example to others to show that you don't have to live in a life of noise. Lord, we make this prayer through your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.
0: You've been listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. For more episodes of our show, you can download our podcast. That's Beyond Damascus, wherever podcasts are found. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.